You're listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, where you'll hear from business professionals all over the country who have found their success through networking. Join us as we explore the path to success and what it takes to overcome adversity together. Welcome, everyone, to the Well Connected podcast with Ricky and Fletch. Today, we have a special treat. We've got Christopher Moore. He is the owner and of the business strategist. Um, he is a business coach uh, extraordinaire. He's an awesome guy to boot. So uh, Ricky is here with us uh, as usual. And thanks for joining us, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to being with you for at least an hour today. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. So Chris, normally when we get started with these things, um, we uh, you know do some icebreakers, um, you know, just to kind of get things rolling, get us excited. So first and foremost, I wanted to ask you mine because we've got a streak going on uh, with most of these that just been the same answer. And I think you're going to mix it up a little bit here. So if you could choose, like everything changed, right? You could choose uh, to be an Olympic athlete, okay? You weren't a coach anymore. You're just an Olympic athlete. What would be your sport? Just an Olympic athlete. We're just, we're going to, we're going to downplay this flesh. Just an Olympic <laughs> athlete. <laughs> Yeah, lowly. I would be interested. I would be interested in knowing which one you think I would choose. Boxing. No, Fletch. Oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you'd be a good wrestler. Thank you. I did wrestle, but no, this is actually gonna blow your mind. One that I've thought is always super cool and is super well. I shouldn't say that because they are they are Olympic athletes. Curling. Yes, I love yes. it. Oh. That would be my that would be my jam. I would love to be an yes. Olympic curler. You could be on my curling team anytime, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they need to kick it up, though. I think you need to have a beer in one hand and the curling broom in the other. I think it could be a thing. I think we could get that on ESPN. I, I like the way you think, Flash. <laughs> Chris, we can drink Rainier's and, and, and sweep the ice. There we go. We call Rainier, Ricky, and curling. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. And I got one question for you myself. Go for it. What was the most recent app that you've downloaded on your phone? The most recent app, Upwork. Most of the oh. time I do Upwork on my computer and I haven't been very available because I'm not always on my computer. And I'm doing a few projects with a programmer and a, another guy. And I wanted to be more available for them. So I uploaded or downloaded the Upwork app. I love it. It's it's so interesting to hear what people, how people are doing, what they're using apps for and a little insight into what they got going on. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, I, maybe it came out already, but the three of us know, or know each other know you pretty well, pretty fr good friends. And I know I am so excited to have you to here today because I know you to be somebody who is well-connected, good at making connections and really getting out there and meeting people. And we're going to get to all of that. But before we do, let's take some time and let's um, share with everybody else who you are, how, what you do, how you got there, what made Chris Moore, Chris Moore today. You know, I really appreciate the opportunity to share that, Ricky. I am the owner of Biz Strategist. We're a business coaching firm. And I'd like to say that started back 
way back when in fourth grade when I started working with my dad. Uh, I'd spent eight years in the in the Marine Corps and then had spent 20 years in business development. Also helped my dad with his business, a small family irrigation business. But then in the early 2000s, had some really good success with a laptop distribution business that myself and a partner had made. And we were selling laptops all the way from Kansas to Cutter. It was like shooting fish in a barrel. It was a really good time, had some great success with that. And then transitioned into commercial finance, which was very interesting, learned a lot and ended up selling that business before the 2008 fiasco had happened. And then had just was looking for something to do in 2009, and I ended up starting a managed IT business, had some really good success with that. Then 2016 rolled around, and I hired a coach. I felt I was a little bit stalled out, and I just needed a little bit of help to help scale that business. Long story short, he had said to me, Chris, I think you'd make a great coach. And I've told you before, both of you, that I said to him, listen, don't distract me with crap like that. I need to stay focused. I'm a Marine. And so, uh, but it really got me thinking, what is it that I really want to do? If my coach helped me scale up my business, would I really feel fulfilled? And Fletch, Ricky, the answer to that was really no, which was kind of scary at 44. It's like, oh crap, what am I going to do? All right, we're going to start all over again. And so I went to him and said, you know, I think I really just want to have more influence and help people out more than just in their IT side of things. So I went down, I'd gotten multiple certifications uh, with coaching, and then really is odd. I was at this place, I've got 20 years of business development success. I've got multiple certifications as a coach, but then I, I just felt like a three-legged stool with only two legs. And I just really searched what what was it that I really needed. And I just needed some world-class tools and systems and processes to bring alongside those other two. And once I did that, it's absolutely amazing. And over the last few years, it's just really felt like the last 30, 40 years, I've been groomed to do what I'm doing right now. That is man, awesome. That's that was quite, quite the, the answer. I love it, man. So, what so you... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I think we're, we both, you kind of filled us up with all sorts of questions here. And I think we're just brimming to get them out, but you, you kind of went over your timeline, which I, I love that, but it all started back, you know, with, you know, an irrigation business followed by, you know, you know, work in the Marine Corps and those types of things. What I, I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, some of those things, some of those tools, some of those lessons you've learned, how have you brought them forward? Right. Because you've done a lot right? You're yeah. a business coach and you're not just a business coach that hasn't run a successful business. You've done a lot of these things. Right. Um, I'd love to hear if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that. I don't mind sharing. Um, like I had mentioned, it all went back to fourth grade. I used to live in Redmond, Oregon, and it was not even close to the population that it is now. And I was in fourth grade and I just wanted to have a job. I wanted to do something. And it was just my dad and I and I, I went up and down the main drag in Redmond, Highway 97, and they all said, hey, you need to have a resume. And I was, so I went back to my dad and said, dad, I need to have a resume. He's like, you mean resume? I'm like, no, dad, I'm in fourth grade. I know how to spell R-E-S-U-M-E. There's resume. He's like, son, it's resume. Trust me on this one. And this was back. I'm dating myself a little bit um, back before computers were there. And so my dad, he helped me type out on a typewriter 10 copies of my resume 
And then I went out to town to hand those out, to go get myself a job. And of course, I'm fourth grade. So child labor laws, I'm sure back then were still in effect and nobody would hire me. And my dad just loved the fact that I, I was so motivated to get a job that he had an irrigation business. And most of what he did was put pumps and wells there in Central Oregon. And so he hired me and I would actually be the one that would take electrical tape and I would tape the wire around the pipe as we're putting the pumps in the wells. And the deepest one we did was 1160 feet. I don't know why I remember that, but anyway, so I've been always motivated to, to go out and do something. I get just too bored. Uh, fast forward to uh, working with my dad, ha had some challenges there with the family. So I'm glad that I could be there with my dad, had a family member that had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. So I'm so blessed to have actually been there for my dad. And then wor working with him, uh, really integrating him back in the business and getting him back in the saddle and control with that. And then he also wanted to sell his business because he was getting up in that time. You probably noticed that logo down there badass boomer bosses. So he's one of my favorite badass boomer bosses, but here's one of the challenges. Like a lot of businesses, he kept his income down by having a lot of expenses. But the problem was by the time he decided that he wanted to get out of the business, he really didn't structure it in a way to where he could really have a, a great multiplier or get the value that he really needed or deserved in that. And there's so many badass boomer bosses that are out there right now that are either A, looking to retire, wanting to retire, needing to retire. And so uh, that's that's my initiative, badass boomer boss, to really help those folks out there really get the value that they need as they begin to and uh, go through the retirement process sell their business. Wow. Man. So you, your whole life has been preparing you for what you do today. Yeah. I mentioned that. I really, I, I can really look back and look at some of the lessons learned. I learned a lot in my laptop distribution business, a lot of success, but a, a lot of failures in that from the commercial finance. Like one of the things in my commercial finance, I just started, I knew nothing. And the way that I'd started that was I, I knew that accounts receivables financing was a, a big issue. And a lot of people didn't know about that and could save a lot of businesses. And I don't know how, but by the grace of God, ended up getting some textile companies in North Carolina and South Carolina. And then other people would call and say, hey, Chris, can you do this kind of financing? And I didn't know. I, I had other lenders that there were accounts receivables financing. And so my answer was, I don't know. Let me see what underwriting could do. And then I'd go to Commercial Finance Association. I'd find a lender that had an appetite for that, would see if they wanted to work with me and just kind of built that book of business and built a, a number of different financing options for clients that couldn't qualify at banks. So that's awesome that you're able to do all that for people. And I see, I think there's a real need for that. But in order to do all that for people, you need to meet people and you need to be network with people to find who is in those kind of situations and have deeper connected conversations, I would imagine, to get to understand that somebody's at that place in their business or needs that. So you had to, you, you mentioned you had to start over at 44. I mean, had to, but I guess you you did start over at 44 to because you found your passion for coaching. So take us back, not very far back in time to when you were 44 and had to start going out and meeting people and networking to be their coach. What what was that like? How were you doing getting that started? 
Well, I'll, I'll pivot on that, but then I'll, I'll kind of bring it back forward. So with my my other businesses, I, I had done a lot of networking from 1998 to 2013, a number of different networking groups, whether it be Latip, I Take the Lead, you name it. And I had a lot of really good success in networking groups. But I was a little bit different. A lot of a lot of times people will go to different networking groups and I'll call them networking ninjas. They just got that stack of cards and they're out there just trying to get all those cards out there. And they're <laughs> thinking, man, I'm just going to make it rich. It's all about how many cards I can have printed, which let's get real. That's that's not the truth. And so one of the things that I had always believed is if I could give the most and also best good tips to people in my as referral partners that I would I'd be taken care of you know that 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 whole thing that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and one of the biggest ways that people know how much you care when you're in a networking group is helping them get what they want and those are good quality referrals and so but here's the challenge in 2011 or 12 somewhere around there I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and had issues with testosterone and my adrenals were malfunctioning. And I just did not have the energy to really run my business and also go out and do a lot of networking like I, I really love. So I had to make that choice in 2013 to really just focus on myself and focus on my health. Now, I'm fortunate that a lot of those things have gotten under control. And so when I was really evaluating what what I wanted to do and how I wanted to market my coaching business. One of those was I, I want to get out and I want to do some networking and I just want to do like I did before and what had worked for me before and helping other people get what they want. That's great. I'm I'm interested to kind of roll back a little bit. You've had you've done a lot of different things. You've had in-person businesses, you've had online businesses, you you're now a coach, right? You know, the IT, the different different fields. How is that, you know, your, your networking, right? How has that differed, right? Has it been just the same? I mean, you talk about the networking groups, which are great. I mean, we all agree that networking groups are great, but you know, how is that, you know, your tactics or your, you know, your, your plan, how's that changed over the years based upon the types of business you're working with? I don't think that the, the tactic has really changed. See, the, the tactic, and this is where, you know, as a coach, I get into two different things. The tactic is kind of the what you do, and the strategy is the how or the why you are doing it. I don't care whether it's networking or marketing online or social media, you name it. You can be spending all this time and money and all these tactics, but if you don't know the strategy, the the how and the why you're doing it and who you're doing it for, you're going to fail at it miserably. And so really taking a look at who am I doing it for? How am I going to do it? And why is it important and relevant for them? That's a that's some wise words. I think we're getting schooled here from Chris here. I love this. This is awesome. So obviously you have, you've created that for yourself now with what you're doing now. So what are some of the things that you do now? What are you, you know, you've obviously refined it over years you know, what are you doing? What are you, you know, you actively doing on a regular basis to, to meet the new people that to help you grow your, your coaching business? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. So I have a coach and I think that anybody that's a coach should have a coach. And so my coach challenged me a while back. He said, Chris, I want you to join a, a networking group and I, I want you to join specifically BNI. 
And my, I got to be honest with you, my eyes rolled into the back of my head. And I'm thinking, and he, he could probably see that online. He's like, no, here, and let me explain why. And he explained a number of reasons why. And that's how he had built initially his hugely successful coaching business up in Vancouver, Canada. So I was like, all right, I'm a good Marine. I will do just what I'm told. And so I had a really good friend of mine. She was a, a president and also the, a chapter success coach for BNI. And I reached out to her and I said, hey, Jenny, here's what I need. I can't do it at seven because I, dad's taxi. I've got two girls, that, one in middle school, one in high school. Which one would you put me together with? And so she reached out to a couple of her friends and got me together with a BNI chapter. And it's been it's been great. And so what I do is I really look at leveraging my networking skills. One, a lot of people, they'll just go to, I don't care if it's B&I, Latip, Bridges, you name it. They'll just go and they'll only go for those people that are there in that chapter. And then that's all they'll do once a week. And they'll get some growth, maybe, maybe not any growth. The beautiful thing that I like about B&I is that I've got the opportunity to go out and network with other chapters, not just in my region, but all over. Uh, I've been networking with some chapters in Hawaii and one up in Wasilla, Alaska. And that has been so fruitful as well. But I kind of take it to a whole new level. The way that, that BNI does is you just go and you register online. And that, that would be fine. And I would get the link and I could go. But uh, taking that to the next level and having my... My operations manager, Ben, I have him contact the, the host uh, host person and then also the president of the chapter, the person that's holding the position that I'm actually going into in my group, and then also the chapter success coach and, and getting a hold of those four people. I know we're excited to be there. And so when we get there, it's all already like knowing four people in their chapter. And so just always looking, how can I do it? How can I do it better? Or going out to other networking events. One of the things that I like to do is I like to go network with two or three other people at some networking events, because I'm not one of those that just wants to go meet everybody at a networking event. Good friend of mine, or a gentleman that I've known for a long time, Cleon Cox, he says, when I go out to any event, I just want to meet one person learn one new thing and have a good time. And so when I go to those networking events, I don't want to meet 20 or 30 people or even 10. I just want to try to connect with maybe three to five people and really get to know them and allow them to get to know me. And then those two or three that I go with will reconvene afterwards and be like, hey, I met this person. I think they'd really be good for you. And then I'll reach out. Hey, Sean Fletcher said that you and I should absolutely meet. Here's one thing that he absolutely liked about you. When would be a good time to get together? So it's not necessarily a cold lead. It's almost like a, a warm lead. Man, there is so much to dig into right there, Chris. I hope everybody listening picked up on some of the things that Chris just shared. And the where I want to start with that, I mean, we've got you talking about being proactive, before you go to these groups, introducing yourself to key people who will more warmly introduce and receive you when you show up, but know who maybe you need to meet in the group instead of just showing up like, and nobody knows who you are and doing that cold there, no one's expecting you. Mm -hmm. And then 
taking it a step further of being intentional with how many people you're looking to connect with on quality instead of quantity at the groups and also going with a friend or a colleague or someone. And so between those three things, those are all huge, huge tips that I think that we should dig in a little bit. So let's start with the first one, being proactive. How are you finding that that is helpful for you? And what, how do you even, I know this isn't a BNI specific podcast, but you're mentioning BNI because that's what you do and that's what we do and that's great. So how would you, um, what, what's some advice or tips? How do you go about doing that? And how are those emails received? How are those introductions received by them? Number of questions there. I, pre- I, I appreciate the stacked questions, Ricky. Sorry, <laughs> I, you just gave so much. I just wanted to make sure we pointed out the, uh, uh, all the stuff that you said. Like I, I <laughs> yeah, well, address that part about being proactive. I don't think I know another way, Ricky. Kind of like the story about being in fourth grade and wanting to have a job. And who who does that? Not many kids I know, not even teenagers, you know, do that today. And so I've just always had this drive in me and willing to put one foot in front of the other and try to just make things happen. You know, and if I have one kind of bump that is presented, that's just an opportunity that arises and overcoming that. And so I've just always been one that's, Maybe half the glass is always half full and always just wanting to go out and make things happen. So what was, what was one of your other questions, Ricky? Well, I can't imagine that you've been doing this all along and you started doing that, you know, after you had been showing up without as being as proactive as you were. Can you talk for a minute about the difference in that? Maybe to show people why that's so important to to be as proactive as you are? Well. I don't believe that success is going to be handed to you. And so if anybody is going to be responsible for your success, it's going to be you. If anybody's going to invest in your future, it needs to be you. And so it's your responsibility, not everybody else's, to make that happen for you. And so you need to be looking for different ways or different avenues to get what it is that you want. And like I said, one of the biggest ways I've found is helping other people get what they want. If you take a look at my numbers in, in BNI, there's obviously a lot of things that we track. You know, my number of one-to-ones with people is up there. My number of referrals is actually doing a lot better since I've gone out and tried to meet other people in other chapters. And that, that's one of the things that I like to leave. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, one-to-ones in BNI or just other people, you know, one of the things that I'll I'll often end my time with people is letting them know, listen, I love to help businesses out. And I'm well connected, kind of like your podcast, I'm well connected and know a lot of people. What do you need? And so always trying to help people. And then also, great. Are you looking to grow your business? What are you doing to grow your business? Could you use more clients? If you could use more clients, how are you going to do that? What's going to be effective for you? Maybe that might be networking if they haven't considered that, or maybe changing the time that they're allocating or where they're networking. You know, I, I know my numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I take a look at my numbers through BNI, and I was sitting at 1,200% ROI. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I just really wanted to point that out and dig in because I know a lot of people that try networking and new to these groups. And, you know, there's a lot of people that come through into groups of networking expecting 
oh, people are just going to give me referrals because I'm showing up or I meet these people and they want to just talk about how much they have to offer to them and how good they are at their job and skipping some of those proactive steps. And I think it's awesome that you're doing that and really finding out how how you can value how what they asking questions about what they need instead of setting yourself up as why you're such a great business coach. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Fletch. Well, I just, I, you kind of mentioned something that you're just kind of made this way, right? You talked about kind of, you were just, you just don't know any other way. And I guess as a coach, maybe, you know, keep your coach hat on for a second. Um, I know that a lot of people have a propensity to want to distract themselves from that taking action. And it sounds like you just kind of decide you're doing something and going and doing it. And you make it sound so easy, but oftentimes, you know, even myself, I get distracted by technology, information, uh, all sorts of things, and it doesn't happen. And so it's, it just sounds like you've, you've done this for a long time. Clearly you're very experienced at it, but I would, you know, how, how would you say, have you ever dealt with that? Number one, but number two is how do you help people pass that? If that's, if that is a concern for them. For me, Addressing what you're talking about, it's more of a refining process. And I just had a a great meeting with my operations manager, Ben, about this very thing. So we take a look at the activities that we're doing. And so we took a look at the activities and we, we filtered them through two filters. One, is it busy work? And then two, is it productive Because you can have work that you're doing that's busy work, but just because it's busy doesn't mean that it's productive. And there's an 80-20 rule. 80% of your income comes from 20% of the work that you're actually doing. And so taking a look, reevaluating, reassessing what it is that you're doing that's creating that 80% of that income and keep doing that. But it's always willing to, to internally look, are the things that I'm doing going to produce the results that I I want. I know that I shared with you, Fletch, the, the three A's before, and I call it the, the three A's to success. The first one is acumen. Do you know what you're doing? You have to know what you're doing in whatever industry you're wanting to be in. Do you have the right attitude? And then do you have the right actions? If you don't have all three and have them in the right proportion, you're likely not going to have the success that you want. And sometimes you might have the right activities, but there might be an acumen in a certain area of what you're doing that needs to be reinforced or a lack of acumen is producing some bad attitude. And that's causing you not to go out and do those actions that are going to cause you to be successful. The three A's, acumen, attitude, and actions. That's awesome. So it's that attitude of making it happen, not waiting around and letting it come to you. You want to meet people for both your business and so you can be a resource to others. And so how do you do that? You go and make it happen. Yeah. And I, why let's, I let's, let's skip, talk about a little bit. How is it that you find value in going with a friend to a networking event? And I ask because I've known myself, let's say you and I were going to go together somewhere, Chris. Right. And we're friends. I would, I'd be nervous because I feel like I would be giving you as my friend more attention, like we're hanging out than 
you know, going and meeting new people as much. No, how, you, you totally don't hang out. You're, you go to the opposite sides of the room. You don't hang out. It's not rainy or Ricky time. It's it's time to go meet new people and just try to meet three. If you can meet five, great, but just try to meet three new people. And so the value in that, Ricky, is let's say you, myself, and Fletch, we decide to go to XYZ networking event and we go down there and you meet three. Fletch meets three and I meet three. And then we meet say that following week and and go over who Fletch had met. And he could be like, I think this would be a, a really good resource for Ricky, or this would be a really good one for Chris. And, and just discussing those nine to 15 people that we as a group cumulatively have met and then reaching out to those people and say, hey, I don't know if you remember Fletch, but he met you at this event and here's what he does. He's amazing at what he does. But he said that it would be excellent for you and I to get together. Now you've just there turned that is. cold card, that cold lead. You just turn that into a, a pseudo warm lead now. There it is. That That is gold right there. I hope everybody listening just heard what you just did right there. You took an absolute cold introduction and made it a referral and easier, almost easier for people who have call reluctance or reluctance to go and introduce themselves where you flipped it around as if it was a referral. I, that is awesome, dude. And also I'm edifying Fletch for giving me that. That way, if there's any in my meeting with that person, any potential way or thought that I think that I might be able to re-give that to Fletch as a lead, I'm, I'm already building him up in that process too. Well, and most people don't do this, right? Like, that's why we're talking about this is most people don't do this type of stuff. And so when you meet that person, it's easy for them to just forget, like lose your card and not go on. But when they get an introduction from you, I mean, that's what's so powerful of it, right? Is it's, Uh you don't even have to do a lot of the work to make a relationship. You just have to have a, a meaningful conversation and then introduce someone, one of your friends who would provide value to them. Right. That's, that's such a good Thing, man. And what that does is it takes the pressure off of you. Was it J. Paul Getty said, I'd like to make 1% off the efforts of 100 people, then 100% of the effort off of myself. And so this way you're leveraging the efforts of some friends that you get to go out and do some networking with. So, in, so yeah. And, and so as a team, you met nine people instead of three on your own. And nine, you made nine, I'd say, more than deeper than surface level connections because these events are let's just say two hours on average mm-hmm. so that's so when you're going there to connect with the smaller amount of people instead of pass your card out around the room now your follow-up is better and it makes flipping that into a referral or and and pumping up your friend that you went with so much easier and more meaningful because I'm assuming if you're only meeting three you're spending a lot more time connecting with them. Yep. At the meeting instead of going and shaking all the hands. Yep. 100%. What's your follow-up process like when you're, when you're on your own, when you're, when it's solo, Chris? When it's just solo me? Yeah. Let's like you and I, the three of us don't go together. We're not hyping each other up or flipping that around. What's your follow-up process kind of look like then? Yeah, it's, it's real interesting. So they'll at least get a, Hey, it was really nice to meet you. That way they've got my contact information because let's get let's get real. Oftentimes your card ends up in a pile of other cards wrapped by a rubber band stuck in somebody's desk somewhere. And so at least that way they've got my information on, on their email and can easily find me. But then 
what I do is I've got a, a service where I'll send out cards to people, especially if they've spent some time with me. And it just has me, my logo, and me saying how much I appreciate their time and spending that time with me. And so they'll actually get a physical card and follow, you know, an email followed up by the physical card. I love that. What are, what are some things that you see? What, what are some don'ts? I'm sure you see, I mean, you go around, I know, I know you do so much stuff, you know, you're part of Toastmasters, you're obviously in BNI, you, the chambers. Um, I personally know that you do a lot of these things. So I bet you see a lot of people with poor follow-up skills. What, what are some that you would, could share with people maybe that just aren't as effective? Two. One, they don't follow up at all. <laughs> Even okay. when they say, hey, I'd like to know you, grab coffee or do this or do that. There's like zero follow-up. Don't do that. And then you'll have just met them. And now somehow you're just getting their sales pitch in your inbox. Don't Ooh, do that. The sales yeah. pitch in the inbox is so annoying. And then I'll add a third one on there. I hate it when I meet people and they just automatically think that I want their freaking newsletter. Stop that. Ask me. <laughs> Build that relationship and say, hey, Chris, I've got this great information. Would you like to receive it? Most times I'm going to say yes if you ask me because I can always unsubscribe. But don't automatically put me on your email blast newsletter, especially if it's coming out, you know, three times a week. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That happens all the time. I don't understand why people, unless they're just trying to build their list. And that shows me people who aren't really interested in actually connecting with people, but people who are looking to build their email lists, thinking that their newsletters or their pitch is so good that you're just so irresistible to whatever words they're going to type that now you're their customer. Well, it's, it's not just that. It's just, you know, you want to build that relationship. It's all about that re relationship selling. And by not even asking me whether or not I wanted to be on that list, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. I, I just find that a bit offensive. But if you just simply ask, like I said, I'd probably say yes. It's it's kind of like, not to get on a tangent too much, but I, you know, I, I, I'm starting to really increase my LinkedIn presence and stuff I do on LinkedIn. And when I get, when people reach out, like you get the notification, so-and-so wants to connect and be the connection on LinkedIn, whatever they call it, right? Every time I, when I accept one, I think it's probably 50% that then I get my private message of what it is they do and they're looking for, like it's a recruiter or they have this and that. And I almost, I haven't yet, but I almost want to go back and unconnect with that person. Yeah. I, I, I do. And there's other people, especially now that you hit on the LinkedIn, just something I do, like I said, maybe I'm just old and crotchety, I don't know, is when I get emails from people just from Gmail, if they're not going to spend the 12 bucks a month to have a professional email through Google or wherever to be them at theirbusiness.com, if they're not going to be willing to invest in their business, I have no time or desire to even work with them. That's a good thing you brought up there because it kind of makes a segue into what I wanted to kind of ask you about here is that is technology. Like we both know you, we know that you are super technologically savvy. You know, all the things, well, not maybe not all the things, but you know more than I do. And a lot of us, but along those lines, you also do similar networking, right? 
online and you've got some experience in doing that. And I'm wondering if you would take a minute and just kind of mention how you use these same techniques, but maybe not necessarily face-to-face -face, um, and how you use those most appropriately, right? Yeah, good. that's a good question. So I had been getting notifications from yet another social media platform and had a number of people, especially from the Chamber of Commerce, that were members of that. And I just kept on getting these emails. So-and-so is connected with this social platform. And I'm just for months, just like, oh, I just need to like kill it and just not receive these emails anymore because they would just fill up my inbox and I just keep on deleting them. And so I had a coach, he's a, a cohort and we get together. There's a group of us get together every Thursdays at 6.30 in the morning. Anyway, he said that he was using this particular social media platform. And I'm thinking, all right, give me the give me the scoop. Are you serious? And is it productive for you? And he said, yes, it's productive for me, even so much so that I, I pay for the, the premium membership on that. Like kind of like the whole thing about joining B&I originally, the eyes roll in the back of my head. I'm like, all right, I'll listen to you, Bob. And so he tells me how he's using it. I'm like, there's a measure of genius behind that. So I, I got on that, that platform, made a, a, an amazing profile. And then I was able to find people that are in my target audience that I would want to connect with. And they would eventually connect back with me. So then what I would essentially do is I'd ask one question to all of them. How are you using this platform for your business? And I would get usually one of two answers. The first one was, oh man, I've been using this for years and this is how I use this. Or B, well, not really using it, just kind of on here or whatever. And so for the first ones, I would, I would send them another question. Well, that's great. I'm so glad you've got all this experience. What are some of the things that you found to, to be successful on this platform? Just trying to glean that information from them also. And on, on the other side, the ones that didn't use it, it's like, wow. Well, I've only been using it for a little while, and I've been finding that some of the connections are excellent. If you'd like me to review your profile at some time, let me know. Inevitably, they would do their profile, and I'd ask them uh, more questions about that. And I remember one guy, he got a hold of me. Uh, he was fairly new, and he was up in Longview. And so what I had done is I reviewed his profile, and I could tell the way that he had typed it that he, he was a, a veteran. And so I asked him, are you a veteran? He's like, well, yeah, why? I'm like, why didn't you say that? Say it, put it out there that you're a veteran. This is what you do. And then part of the profile was what your ideal demographic was. And so all I all I said was, you know, maybe you should put a few questions that would be important to your target audience. But Fletch, I know you'll appreciate this. So then what do I do? I go on chat GPT and I ask it a question. Hey, acting as this type of person wanting to connect with people on social media what would be five great questions that you could ask to connect with them? Don't be afraid to include pain points. And it, it gave me five great questions. I said, here's five questions that you might consider. And he immediately, well, within two minutes, put in that chat, I need to connect with you. Here's my cell phone number. When can we schedule an appointment? Dang. That's like a fishing pole on steroids. You've got all these poles in the water, and I love that. Yeah. I mean, just well done. Are we... Man. Are are we able to share this this platform that you're talking about that maybe people might want to connect with you there, Chris? 
No. Or they, should it remain they, nameless? They can connect with me directly and I'll share it. <laughs> Ooh, I, like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> we have some follow-up here in a little bit. So you know, I do have that QR code that they can scan and they can connect with me. Yeah, you know what? So I haven't, there's going to be some episodes that are out where I don't have mine up. And you're, I knew you would have yours because again, we know we, we know each other if people weren't paying attention at the beginning. And you're the one that inspired me to get this one. And our podcast is about networking. And this is one of the ways that I think is effective for networking when you're in virtual networking meetings, making it easy for somebody to get your information. Yes. Well, and, and on those same lines, we're going to be making sure in every place where this is out, your information, how you, how to contact you is going to be in the podcast notes. It's going to be, we're at, we have a Facebook group. We've got a YouTube channel. We've got all the places so that people can reach out to you directly because ultimately that's what this is about, right? It's connecting good people with other good people and making sure that we all learn how to how to do this right and 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 how to you know get the most out of the hour generally that we're here you know ricky you'd mentioned about that and um there's a lot of different resources out there and i'd actually gone through the process and purchased 10 10 of the digital cards like the dot card you name it and the one that i landed on and no i'm not an affiliate with them in case anybody's wondering because they don't have an affiliate program is the uvu card I really liked the Ubu card and I really liked the the platform and the, the ease of it. And I really like how I can have my profile, my information, uh, my social, any of the links that I want. I can have a video on there. But what I really like is it gives me a way where somebody can just grab their phone and they can download my information right into their phone. They can share their information with me, which I, which I prefer. You know, I, not only do I want to be in their phone, but I want to capture their information so I can connect with them more easily. That way I'm not having to go back to the office and type in that information or have Ben, who usually does that kind of stuff anymore, have to type them into our CRM. It's just, boom, it's automatically there and it goes right into my my Google contacts. I love it. And that's yeah. how people can get a hold of you, right? I mean, that's ultimately yep. that's that's your preferred method. So yep. So so quick question on that, because these things are kind of new. How are you finding the reception at networking events when you pull out the digital card and tap someone's phone as opposed to giving them the tried and true paper cards that we've been passing around for ages, for generations? Well, I can't take credit for what I'm going to say next because I got somebody that you know, Ricky, as well as I do, Sandro. Mark Charles, who also happens to be in BNI, he kind of ramped it up and took it to a whole new level. He actually had a page on his website that had his QR code. And so I did the same thing that's got the QR code and my picture. And so before I go into a networking event, I'll just have Google Chrome open on my phone. It's going to have that page. That way I can just slide it right there and they can scan that in. Kind of fulfills two things. One, I get their their click onto the website, and it also goes right directly into my Ubu card as well. And the reception is always really good. And so I, I'm hearing that basically all the things that you're doing is making it really easy for people to reach and connect with you. Correct. And I personally see value 
in the digital way and uploading in my contacts or into my phone than a stack of business cards. You know, what if I want What if I'm thinking about that person and I'm not near my stack of cards to fish them out of there? Right. The one thing that I can say about cards, and I do have a card caddy that, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to just flip through those and be able to see those. But how often do you actually do that? So one of the things that I would tell folks is have a way of organizing your contacts that that makes sense to you. I, I organize people one by where I had met them, whether it be B&I, the Chamber of Commerce, or some other event. And then usually within my inbox, uh, I'll create a folder for that person so I can just put their emails in there, but also be able to go back to that event, whether uh, B&I or the Chamber or whatever, and be like, oh, I'm looking for this person. And usually I'll put the name of their company, the name of the person, and a bit about what they do, whether it's marketing or insurance or real estate or whatever. So I can always see the company, the name, and then what they do. Powerful. There's another There's another tidbit right there. Organize your contacts better. Make it easier. Not just the contacts making you as the new person, making it easy for people to connect with you. But then on your end, make it easy for you to reach out to others after time passes and maybe that connection didn't click as quickly immediately. Mm-hmm. Now, one last thing real quick um, before we start wrapping up, before you go to these events, I mean, you're doing so much prep and intent, and you're so intentional with what you're doing. And are you somewhat in any level, do you have like a specific person or group of people you're looking to connect with at these groups? Or is that not always available and you go and kind of read the room and figure that out? How, what, what's your approach there? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Sometimes you're going to know, you know, is this a general type of, you know, business networking or are there certain specific types of industries that are going to be at that? And so sometimes if I'm really hyper-focused on a specific industry, the, the best way to network with those people is go to where they go. And so, you know, it just really depends on what kind of networking event that I go to, Ricky. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I think for some people that are out there that might hear this this podcast, some some people might confuse my drive with being a real uh, external kind of person. But the reality is, is, uh, is I'm not. Um, it takes a lot for me to go to those events. Uh, it takes a lot energetically out of me. I, I really get my energy from being at home and that's how I recharge my batteries. But it's just one of those things where I know it's something that I have to do and I have to put the the energy behind it, but it's not something that I necessarily want to do. In fact, I, I'd probably go to half as many at least if I based whether I want to go or not. Sometimes you just have to do what you know you need to do, getting back to having the right activities. I mean, with you being, you're, you're just so good at being intentional with your time. And obviously that probably comes with your coaching for a fee, everyone who's listening. No kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately you're very intentional and you, you've even said no to us, right? Uh, different times for different things. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that, that you, you are very intentional with your time. You're in with you, you're, but you, when you go into something, you go into it full bolt, like you're, you're there, you're on it. And so I think that's something super power, like kind of a superpower for you is, is, uh, cause we've seen it, we get to experience it every week and, you know, whenever we hang out, but that is, you know, it's it's awesome. And so uh, 
I hope some things. of that goes through with our, our podcast here that you are you show that. It's one of those things, Sean, uh, that if you're going to do it, go all the way. If you're going to be at an event, be at that event, be be present. If you're going to be at another networking event and you've got a certain role, we'll do that role with excellence. And so I, that's that's one thing that I want, you know, if other people that, you know, met me is, okay, yeah, when when Chris committed to something, he did it and he did it with excellence and he was a man of integrity. I love that. I, I man, that just gives, I love it. I, and I, I don't know you to do anything besides excellence, Chris. And I, I, I love that you point that out. I, I, I also, you know, like, like hearing from you that it does take a lot out of you energetically and emotionally, and that you are somewhat, I guess we'll just say introverted for lack of a better word. I don't know if that's what you were necessarily that degree that you were trying to say, but getting energy from being at home, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are afraid to go or don't go because they're introverted and I don't know how I can go and meet people. And you're not the first person that we've had on this show talk about that. And so I just think it's important for the audience and even myself to hear that, sure, you may have introverted traits and have that energy from being at home. But, you know, when you do it so intentionally and you know what you're trying to do, that shouldn't be such a burden or an obstacle for, to keep you from going out and meeting new people. And I would agree with you. And just for those that might be listening to the podcast and are familiar with Myers-Briggs, I am an INTJ. Yes, I am an introvert. And But yes, it, it does it does take a lot to, to get out. And then sometimes as you're on your way down there, you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I going, why am I down there? And sometimes you get to, to an event, especially if you go by yourself and you're like, I don't know anybody who am I? And so just going out there and just take the pressure off though. You know, like, like Cleon said, just go meet one person, learn one thing new. And most importantly, just go have some fun. And then once you take that pressure off of you, being able to go out into those networking events is so much easier and so much more enjoyable. Great. Great advice. What a great way to wrap it up here. So how do people find you, Chris? We got all kinds of people listening here. They may want to connect with you as to look at a business coach, maybe just to network, maybe who knows? How, do, how, how are people connecting with Chris Moore? You know, thanks, Ricky. One of the best ways, as I mentioned before, they can click on that. QR code, which will take them to my Uvu. They can go to bizstrategist.com and they can certainly connect with me there. All my information is going to be on both of those, the QR code and also the website. I'm happy to connect on that. Social media, sorry. I'm not always faithful on social media. I'm trying to get better. But if you reach out to me via email, text message, phone, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And we'll, we'll, put, the, we'll put that info in the show notes too. Fantastic. Hey, Chris, one last little question here. Sure. Just for our, uh, you know, our lucky viewers who uh, have the chance to potentially come and meet you. What is your coffee order, sir? My coffee order? I love a good Cortado. Oh. Now, and what I mean by a good Cortado, there's places that have decent Cortados, but I kind of expect a cortado that's served with the sparkling water because the way that you're supposed to do that, you take a drink of the cortado, then the sparkling water to cleanse your palate. A little bit of foo-foo. There's, there's a place down in, in Bend, Oregon called Bella Taza, and they actually have a little piece of Toblerone that goes right in the middle. So that's oh, one of my dang. favorite cor cortados. 
I don't even know what a cortado is. Clearly, stick with me, Ricky. We'll get you there. <laughs> I guess my palate just isn't as refined as yours. <laughs> we'll work on that. Well, thank oh, you so good. much for joining us today, Chris. And uh, you know, we'll be talking in the future, but uh, we do really appreciate your time here, and you've literally dumped, flooded us with information. It's it's so good. I appreciate both of you having me. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris, for your time and all this, everything that you just shared. That is so valuable. And, you know, maybe we'll do it again and dig deeper on some of those tactics that you got there. You have, you are such a wealth of info. Thanks so much, buddy. Thank you for listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, the place for navigating business growth through networking. If you've learned even one thing from sharing the last hour with us, please share this with a friend or associate who also might appreciate it too. Only together can we become truly well-connected. Join us each week to learn, grow, and network your way to new heights. heights.